coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. I think the number one thing is kind of already mentioned just a tad bit is having a clear vision. Like where are you going and be very clear on that. So knowing where you're going and knowing what your values are. So having a clear, clear vision of where you want your company to go and the values that you're going to have, what that'll do is when opportunities come, it'll allow you to say, does this match up with my vision and my values? And if not, then it's a no. And if it is, Yes. It also helps during those challenging times because, you know, we went through last year and, uh, you know, whenever anybody listens to this, anytime you go through a challenging situation or crisis, it's very easy to lose focus and get distracted. But if you have that vision, if you have those values, it makes it a little bit easier to make through those crises because you know what's actually important and where you want to go. Yeah. What, what I've found is many entrepreneurs and many of us have a hard time identifying what it is we want and where it is we want to go. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Corey Lee, who is the CEO of Corey Lee Leadership. So Corey helps entrepreneurs in many different levels. So you don't have to be a, a top producing company to be able to work with uh, Corey. He works with startups. He works with everyone across the gamut to really develop their leadership skills. So this is for someone who is looking to plus up their business. You know, even if you're a solopreneur right now, he helps you develop the skills and and the mindset that's necessary to be able to take your business to the next level. Whether that be you know hiring a new employee or training all of your employees to be able to develop leaders. You know, we we get into a, a situation that Corey found himself in where essentially he built himself a job. And I know that this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with where, you know, they, they think I'm going to start my own company, but you end up basically being the face of everything. You're the, the person who everyone expects to be able to talk to. Uh, and when you step back from that company, you know, if you try to sell that company or, you know, again, even if you want to be able to take a little bit of time off, step away and, and let your employees, you know, do it. Uh, a bit more, you may not necessarily have the right systems or the right type of mindset instilled in your employees to be able to to take that to that that type of level. So really, Corey helps extract what what it is that you want to be able to develop, where you want to ultimately see yourself going, and he puts that all into a package to be able to put you on that path in that direction to be able to start developing that. So we get into all the all kinds of different topics today, a bunch of different frameworks on how to develop that. So with that, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Corey Lee. First off, thank you for allowing me to, to be on uh, the podcast. My really pleasure. Cool. 
conversation and adding value. So that's a great question. When, when I was growing up, I was raised by my mom and really my grandmother, and it was me and my younger brother. And most of our dinner table conversations was probably at a fast food restaurant as we played baseball and very active in, in sports. So yeah. almost every night it was either some kind of sport thing where we were at a, at a game or something like that. And, uh, th- that's where, that's where our dinner table was as a young kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what, was, what, what was your favorite chain? Was there anything like local, like a, like a one that maybe people hadn't heard of that, uh, you might be able to throw out there? Uh, you know, we, we had this one restaurant I worked at that was really good. It's it's in a small town that I worked at. It, it was called Country Inn, mm-hmm. but my favorite restaurant, fast food-wise, is, I mean, it's Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, yeah, you can't yeah, go yeah. wrong with Chick-fil-A. So. Yep. No, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's great. That's great. So did you have any influences, you know, in the entrepreneurial realm when you were a kid? Did you, you know, did you have any of those influences or were you the type of kid that just decided to go out and, you know, give it a, give it a shot on your own? Or when, when did that develop for you? Yeah. So that that's another interesting question. So for me, looking back over my life, I, I always was thinking about business, but I always thought I was going to be a major league baseball player. And I never yeah, even yeah. considered what that would look like. Not that, but looking back, I had some of those skills very entrepreneurial type skill because we would meet on Sundays or Saturdays, a a group of kids to play any kind of sport, but I was always the one heading that up. I was always the one that said, Hey, we're going to play this meet at Mm -hmm. this place. And, and if I didn't take that role, it never would happen. So there, some of those very entrepreneurial skills of being the first to act and all those kind of things were very much in me at an early age. I just didn't realize it and knew how to bottle it up and use it in the business world now. So I didn't have any of that. My mom growing up and even our family was, was the whole go to school, get a, get a good education and get a good job, stay there for 40 years. And honestly, Matt, that, yeah. <laughs> that makes me more sick in my stomach. Your teeth than, out, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, then, then excited. So, yeah. yeah. So when, when did it actually, when did you make that jump into entrepreneurialism? You know, was it early on after college? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So my background is actually in the medical field as a physical therapist assistant. It's not what I do now. I do leadership training and development and help other entrepreneurs and those kind of things. But when I had graduated, my wife, she was still in school and it was one of those things where we'd be driving around town and we'd say, you know, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we had our own physical therapy clinic? Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool if we had our own physical therapy clinic? And not only that, but where we also had a gym with it, where we could really make an impact in the lives of other people and make an impact in the community and not just do physical therapy. And it, it really was just a dream for a while. And then she graduated and we moved back to where we are now. And that, that dream kept coming back, coming back. And it was like, can we do that? Is that something we can do and then mm-hmm. then we finally put a how in front of the can I how can I how can we and and we just went for it right we we were uh, very much ignorant in the uh, business space but it it was an awesome learning process an awesome growth process and uh, to answer your question it was just a dream we had for a long time that we just just kept coming back to and finally took action on it you know yeah yeah so so you you did end up opening the physical therapy facility 
And is that still going? Are you still, you know, involved with that to an extent or is that, you know, a major part of your day? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we did, so in a five-year period of time, we built two physical therapy clinics, four gyms, had three kids, sold all those businesses, kept all the kids, and I transitioned (laughs) to uh, doing leadership consulting and uh, business development, helping other leaders develop a leadership culture in their business and helping entrepreneurs get their businesses off the ground which has been really, really awesome. My my only kind of hand still in that is I built up the systems and processes and uh, the business is still going. I learned a lot of leadership lessons in that. One, one of those I'll share real quick was that when we transitioned out, the business kind of took a little bit of a nosedive. Yeah, sure. And one of the reasons that was is because we had developed a bunch of followers and, and I don't mean that as a derogatory term, but I, I'm, I had become the face. Yeah. We had built a job basically and not a business. And if I could go back, the only thing I would change was to develop more leaders, because if we would have developed leaders, that business would have never nosedived. It could yeah. have kept going. And, and it's now come back and is doing really good. But definitely some leadership lessons in there. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so when you're saying that you would develop more leaders, and that you were, you know, sort of the face of the company. Would you, would you say that it would be best to? And again, I'm assuming that maybe you were in ads and and all of that. Is that what you meant? Like where people walked in the door and they were expecting to to, to see Corey sitting there, and you know now they're seeing somebody else or or what have you. Were you that that person that was sort of always out front and and you're basically saying you know there should have been somebody else besides Corey, you know, sitting out out front, you know, in all the marketing and advertising and such. Yeah, so I, I was doing all things, right? All things, yeah. trying to be all things to all people. And that's that's one of the, the traps sometimes we as entrepreneurs fall into. And one of the things I had to learn is that if you have a big dream, you need a big team. And as yeah. a leader, it comes to empowering other people. See, I, I was holding on to the power. I love my people. I yeah. trusted my people, but I didn't believe in them enough that they could do as well as I could have. And in reality, they probably could have and maybe even done a better, better. job than me. Yeah. And yeah. so one of the things I found with doing that is I held our business back, but also held the individuals back as well by yeah. not developing them and empowering them. So yeah, you know, and just some just some growth that comes along with that. And and I think really to answer your question, I think it goes back to what kind of business do you want to build? You know, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, maybe you do want maybe you do want to build a business where it is you and it's your job. You you love what you do. And I've got a friend who owns a landscaping company and he loves playing in the dirt. That's what he yeah. says. He loves playing in the dirt. He wants to do the thing. But if you want to build a business, there's it's a little bit different as well. It's yeah. not not you being all hands on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have uh, another one of my mentors calls that the I'm a mentality. You know, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do everything. So just kind of kind of funny when you, you know, put it in that that kind of uh, language. But uh, so now that you're in the consulting business and you're helping other entrepreneurs create businesses, I'm assuming, you know, you're, you're more on the business side of things rather than creating jobs or, you know, other, other, uh, you know, things that you're married to, I guess you can say, what would you say are some of the common things that you see a lot of, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs, you know, sort of always taking this path and, what what should be different? How how should they look at things differently so that they don't go down that same path where they end up with just the job you know, at the end of the day? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it really up front, it comes to clarifying what kind of business do you want to build? Having that vision of where you want to go and what kind of, what kind of business do you want to build and having that up front. And then also I had a mentor tell me one time is he had built multi, multi, multi-million dollar businesses. And his first one was a janitorial company. And one of the things he said was he fell in love with the mop. Right. Like somebody yeah. he fell in love with the mop. Like he he loved the mop. Nobody could do it as well as he could. But every time that he got on the mop, he actually took his skill set down to the level of what he could be paying somebody on that mop. So a lot of times there's as entrepreneurs, we fall in love with a certain aspect of our business that really we need to hand off to to someone else. One of the things I like to say is, you know if you think about steering a ship or being on a ship, ship, we've, we've got to get, get down and swap the deck with the crew every now and then, right? We've got to get yeah, down yeah. there with them, but we can't stay there because if we stay there, there's nobody up high enough to see upcoming opportunities and see upcoming challenges as well. So uh, knowing that, that by empowering other people, it allows you to uh, go to higher levels. John Maxwell says it like this. We don't unload so we can live a life of, ease necessarily, but so we can lift heavier weights. And um, I think as an entrepreneur, that's one of the things you really look at and have a really cool process of going through that too. But having a vision and then realizing that there are some things that you just need to hand off. Yeah, exactly. Is there a process that you take people through to identify when would be the right time to hand off? Because I'm, I'm sure that you probably get a lot of pushback. Well, you know, I, I'd love for somebody else to do this. I don't like doing it, but I can't afford to hire somebody else or I can't, you know, I need this machine and I can't afford the machine or whatever it is. Any, any thoughts on that? You know, what, what, uh, how you can help people walk through that? Yeah. So one, one of the things that I have done personally that has really helped me is it, it's a tool that I call, or what John calls the three R's. Right. So one of the things you do is you list out all of your activities, all your responsibilities, everything that you you do. Mm-hmm. You take it through this grid and ask yourself three questions. And it's three R's. The first one is this required of me, mm-hmm. meaning I'm the only one that can do this. I cannot train somebody else up. I, you know, I can't delegate it off. So this is required of me. And then the second question is, does this give me a good return? Meaning, is this my strength zone? Am I good at this? And then the last one is this, this, this task rewarding. So asking yourself those three questions and that'll kind of give you an idea as well. And then knowing what you need to hand off and what you need to hold on to. Going to your question of when need to do that, I, I think you'll kind of know, and, and a lot of the hesitancy is there is, is on the price. When we hired our first team member, that was probably one of my most scary moment because I was in the same thing. I can't, do we have enough money? Can I afford this? And am I actually going to have enough work for her to do? Yeah. Were the kind of the questions I was asking. And all I know was, was I was spending so much time that our son asked me one day when I was telling him good night at four 30 in the afternoon, daddy, you going to your house. I was going back to work. Right. Yeah. And that's another clue. Is it taken away from the things that, that are important to me as well? And when we hired her, I can tell you this, Matt, that uh, she accelerated our business. So a lot of times what looks like an expense. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. 
It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. It's actually a next step of growth. Yeah. Because for us, she she did some billing and actually found tens of thousands of dollars that we we were not collecting just simply because I did not have time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great that's a great way to look at it. So yeah, right there. I mean, she probably paid for herself, you know, within a matter of weeks. So, so that's fantastic. Yeah. What what are some of the other I guess frameworks or exercises that you suggest people you know, start evaluating or start looking at, you know, in their company, you know, earlier on, you know, what, what are some of those things? Yeah. I, I think the number one thing is kind of already mentioned just a tad bit is having a clear vision. Like where are you going and be very clear on that. So knowing where you're going and knowing what your values are. So having a clear, clear vision of where you want your company to go and the values that you're going to have, what that'll mm-hmm. do is when opportunities come, allow you to say, does this match up with my vision and my values? And if not, then it's a no. And if it is, yes. It also helps during those challenging times because, you know, we went through last year and, uh, you know, whenever anybody listens to this, anytime you go through a challenging situation or crisis, it's very easy to lose focus and get distracted. But if you have that vision, if you have those values, it makes it a little bit easier to make through those crises because you know what's actually important and where you want to go. Yeah. What, what I've found is many entrepreneurs and many of us have a hard time identifying what it is we want and where it is we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, values. Are you, are, do you coach people with setting up their core values as well in their company? I mean, is that something that you, you help people establish and, and, I guess, what is the result that you've seen from companies that have gone through and, and done that, you know, as well? Yeah, that's a really powerful, powerful thing. It actually is a lot of, a lot of companies and individuals that I coach one-on-one are actually surprised in what their values are. And I, you know, I just take them through the exercise. They're the ones that, that pull it out of themselves. Yeah. But, but it keeps you grounded, you know, when, um, even as an individual, as an individual entrepreneur, even in big businesses, again, if you know what those values are, when opportunities comes, come or challenging times come, like you said, is, is it a match? Does it line up? Yes. Then we go this way. No. Yeah. 
it makes decision making a whole lot easier. The ones that have not done that, I've seen to have a have a tougher time with decision making mm-hmm. and direction. Yeah. And if it's a big company, if the upper management or leadership has a hard time with that, you can only imagine what the frontline team members are are like you know (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah definitely now this is something that i'm curious to see if you if you've done this before or not but do you create any type of like a decision hierarchy too where you know you basically take you go through your list of all the different stakeholders that you either impact or are touching you know so employees if you have investors if you know there's vendors there's family you know all of these different people and and you rank them do you do you create that exercise as well so that you can kind of identify, you know, what is the most important thing, you know, this, this trumps everything else, you know, this is the most important, it's above us, it's about family, you know, all of that. Is that, is that another one of the exercises that you take people through? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting, I've honestly, I've never thought of it like that. And one of the things I guess that I do is with the vision statement right there, and also understanding the 80 20 rule or the Pareto mm-hmm. principle is that not all things are equal and not, not all people are yeah. equal too. whenever it comes to leadership. So kind of in a roundabout way, helping them realize what are the most, act, uh, most, I guess you say best activities to do because not all activity is accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding who, who your top, top 20% of your people are too, where to spend your time at there. And I haven't thought of it in those terms. I, I like that though. That's yeah. Really it's an interesting thing. You know, once you lay it out that way, it helps, it helps like when you, with your employees as well, where, you know, they, they understand that, okay, this is, this is number one. Like for us, we have a real estate investing company where we buy large apartment buildings and community is number one, right? So if there's something that's impacting community, uh, you know, that's, that's everybody as a whole, you know, that that's above, like that's above us, that's above the investors, you know, that's unfortunately about family, you know, that, that takes precedence over everything. So the employees know that when they're in different situations, you know, a, we, we call members tenants, a tenant is, you know, right underneath community. But if that tenant is disrupting the community, then that's the issue, right? The community isn't disrupting that member, you know, per se. So, so it makes it really easy to be able to determine, okay, which direction do I go with this? You know, I got, I have to protect the community. So this is the direction that we need to be able to go. So it's just a nice way to be able to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, evaluate the different, the different people and the different companies and everything that are going to, you know, touch your, you know, touch your, 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 your company. But um, yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's, um, so that's one of the things that, that, you know, we've learned over the years, but uh so what are some of the processes, I guess you can say, what, well, where would somebody need to be in their company in order to come to you and say, hey, look, I, I think I need some help. Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, a lot of, a variety of levels. So a couple of the companies I work for are large regional companies where I work with their leadership team. And one of the things we do is work developing a culture of leadership. Mm-hmm. And then also entrepreneurs are in that startup phase. I can really relate to that because I know what that process is like. And I, I guess the the people I can help the most are the people who are hungry, right? Mm-hmm. People who are hungry for personal growth and professional growth, but not at the expense of other things that are important to them, like faith, family, or fitness, or some of the other things we've talked about. So that that's who who I can really help are people who are hungry 
They yeah. want to grow personally and professionally, but not at the expense of other things that are important to them. And for me, that's a yes all day. It doesn't matter if it's a solopreneur or if it's a fortune one company you know yeah yeah Uh, i'll say yes to that all day every day yeah Yeah. no that's that's great now what are some of the 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 techniques or uh, i guess outcomes would be the better way that you can look at it uh you know when when someone comes to you for leadership training what should they expect on the other side of of going through that training yeah you know what's interesting about that is uh, i've had a couple probably three or four the last few weeks they've mentioned to me that you know I was talking to my wife or my spouse the other day and they've even said, I've noticed a change in you, like the way you carry yourself and and those kind of things. So we're always looking for results, right? We're always looking for metrics to go up in business. But honestly, man, I'm looking for the whole life thing where there is a change in your demeanor. There's a change in your confidence level. There's a change in really the way you see people, the way you see other people and, and, and really the shift that I hope to make is the way you see other people, that they are people of value. I want you to be a person of value who values other people because we are, right? Mm-hmm. And that's at the core of, of everything that, that I try to teach and, and talk about. It's laced through everything. There are metrics, there's growth and all that kind of good stuff that we try to do. But on the outside, I want to help you to become a better man or woman. And I know that maybe sound cliche, I don't know. But I hope to change the way you, you view the team members that you have and every interaction that you have that where somebody comes in contact with you, that they leave with a sense of increase because they came in contact with you. And, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, so how do you, how do you typically take Let's say that, that you, someone comes to you that you can, you can tell that they, you know, may not necessarily have the self-confidence. They're sort of shy, bashful, you know, introverted, whatever you want to call it, uh, what, what would, what would you, how would you take and transform them to try to bring them out of their shell and, and again, give them that, that confidence? What, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So there are some subtle things on my end that, that I would do, but really the first, first thing is I want, I, I really, cause again, most people are coming to me are leaders or entrepreneurs. Okay. So I help them realize some of the wins that they've had in the past. It is so easy to forget some of those things that we have done. And even on a day-to-day basis, I I can forget the wins that I've had in a day, you know, and help them get grounded in, dude, you had some awesome wins today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not all in the weeds or not all hectic And, and coming up with the process of that. One of the things we try to do is have daily have a daily routine. But one of those things at the end of the day is asking the question of what was one win for the day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not in a box, right? It's not what was my one win for the day. It's always business. I mean, it could be, I took the kids to go get ice cream today and we had an awesome time, right? Yeah. So yeah, really backing out of the weeds a little bit and identifying some wins and celebrating those, those small wins too. So helping them, helping them understand that. And then there are some things on my end where I'll reinforce the other day. I had a, had a guy I've been working with for probably about three or four weeks. And, uh, I was listening to him and I, and I I just called in his voice, the confidence. And I called it out after I said, man, there is a confidence in your voice that I did not hear three months ago. And, and the dude broke down. He almost started crying. He said, you know, my confidence has been shaken for about six months. I don't know why. He said, even my wife has mentioned the crackle 
that's been in my voice, but that's changed over the last three or four weeks. And um, anyway, so, so calling attention to that and I could even hear the confidence go up from there. So helping them understand some wins that they've gotten getting clear. A lot of times a lack of confidence comes from not being clear too. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. You think, yeah, everything's all over the place and, you know, just like you said, helping them get grounded and, and realize those, you know, the impact and the changes that they've done, you know, in their own lives. That's, that's, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. What are, what are some of the other things that you have seen, you know, big changes, you know, creating a, a, a leader, like taking them from here to here, confidence is one of them. What, what would you say something else is that, that, you know, a lot of people seem to develop after, want a, a hunger to grow, right? But then what I what I love and why I want to work with leaders is not only a hunger for their own growth and development, but they want to become rivers and not a reservoir, right? So they become a mentor themselves. Mm-hmm. And really, it's one of the things I, I, I almost require is that if we're going to do something that you need to be mentoring somebody else. Mm-hmm. And And what's interesting is they start to do that on their on their own. They yeah. they start seeking people that they can come alongside of. And that's been an awesome, awesome thing to see. But it's almost just been a natural, natural outcome of of their own growth is I want yeah. to help grow too. Yeah. You, you you made me realize something too and, and just kind of jogged my head. Do you find that a lot of people may, you know, they because they know it, you know, because they're good at this or whatever this the skill set is, because they know it, they think that everybody else knows it. So they sort of downplay whatever that knowledge is or whatever that skill set is. I know that I, I suffer from that all the time. Like, Oh, that, that's, that's easy. That's common sense. Like why, why would you do it any other way? But, you know, I think that that's what a lot of, a lot of people that, that do understand and are good at things. I think that, that that's a common thing that they sort of suffer from. Do you, do you agree? Oh yeah. 100%. And I was telling a friend of mine this the other day, he's an IT guy. That's just way over yeah. my head. Right. And he was explaining some things like it was just common knowledge. I was like, look, that's not common knowledge to me. And, and what I helped him realize that anything that comes after the just, mm-hmm. like I just, or will you just, mm-hmm. that, that, that's something that comes natural to you. And if you can explain the just to other people, something that's natural to you, you can impart to someone else. And uh, so catching yourself in the just, like, that's well, interesting. you know, somebody asked me a question, well, how do you do that? Well, all you do is just, yeah. For me, that's just natural and I need to break that down. And if I can teach that and impart that, that, that can truly help somebody else. But yeah, 100%, man, all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, like I said, I, I know I suffer from that all the time and yeah. Yeah. Funny. So if people want to learn more about you, your company, what would you say is the best way to, to get in touch? Yeah. So I'm on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Love for you to follow me there. Connect. Love to connect with you there. It's Corey Lee, Corey Lee Leadership. But I've also, uh, for Matt, for your for your listeners, I've created a landing page specific to um, your listeners. Oh, wow. And they can go to CoreyLeeLeadership.com. And Corey is C-O-R-Y. So CoreyLeeLeadership.com slash secret. So past the secret sauce, we got the secret there. And um, on that landing page, I've actually got two free downloads for anybody who's, who's interested. The first one is a, it's kind of like a, a, an assessment to see how balanced you are in, in your life. And then the other one is a spousal survey. 
So you can download that and you take it and you hand it to your spouse. And the whole point there is to facilitate good communication. I, you know, one of of my core values is I truly believe the world is in need of the family unit and need the family unit to be on the same page. And you're not always going to be on the same page, but at least have good conversation, be willing to have conversations. And uh, that's what that is about. It's a spousal survey to facilitate good conversation. So that's for you guys. You you mentioned these different uh, templates that you have or or frameworks. I'm curious, how many different frameworks do you have? I'm a huge fan of frameworks and just being able to you know, fill in the blanks or answer questions and get some type of results. How many different structured things do you have like that? Would you say? You know what? That is a great question. I, I need to put them all in, in, uh, in the thing. I probably have about 10 or 12, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Personality profiles, all that good stuff. But the ones that are my favorite are, are those that I just mentioned, but also that, that three R's is pretty powerful. If, yeah, if you that's cool that. too. Yeah. I'll say one thing on that three R's. I know I just talked about that and for 30 seconds, but one of the best ways to do that is to not write down what you say you're going to do, but look back mm-hmm. over what you actually did mm-hmm. and break it down that way. Uh, Cause a lot of times I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the things I say I'm going to do don't actually end up being the same as what I actually did. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Corey, this has been fantastic. There's been uh, a lot of, a lot of nice golden secret nuggets here. So I uh, certainly appreciate that. And um, you know, I certainly wish you nothing but success and who knows, maybe we can do this again sometime and, and we'll uh, dive deep maybe, you know, on one of the businesses or actually we've, we've been toying around this, this might be a good thing too. We've been toying around with having a, uh, a guest come on and we kind of go through and, and have, uh, you know, different conversations with their different experts. So you might be a, a nice fit for that. It, it might be a fun, fun exercise. So that would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to do that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, Corey, enjoy the day. I appreciate it. Many, many thanks. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.